And by the way, when we prioritize things, it also has to do with uh, not the 10 guys that's going to tweet me something because that's only 10 people. That's got to do with the thousands of people that are actually doing stuff on the platform. So sometimes when we give a low priority to a project, it's because we don't see much traction on the platform. And so I sort of resent the uh, Twitter bully thing where, you know, you have 10 guys on Twitter that tell you to do something and then you you have to do it. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's a fucking pain in my ass because I open my Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, oh, we haven't done this. Oh, these guys are right. And then I check it and there are a hundred requests in our platform for this when there are thousands of tens of thousands for other coins. So, you know, uh, I appreciate the help. I appreciate when people are pushing projects to us. We read everything. We try to do everything but we, we cannot do everything. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Masari's Unqualified Opinions. First, though, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors for the live stream. We've got Luca, save money this tax season with Luca Tax, the only time-tested crypto tax software. They help you calculate cap gains and losses and see the results using three different accounting methods side by side. You only pay if you want to see their detailed reports and submit your tax forms with their software. You can head on over to lukatax.com. That's Luka, L-U-K-K-A, tax.com using the promo code Tax to save money and do your taxes the right way. We've got Bitstamp as well, the original global cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, since 2011, Bitstamp's been the preferred exchange for serious traders and investors with over 4 million customers, including top institutions. Uh, their platform is professional grade engine uh, for traders, uh, NASDAQ matching engine, some of the best APIs in the industry and uh, advanced trade view interface on both web and mobile. Um, you can download Bitstamp's app from the App Store and Google Play or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro. Then there's crypto.com. Uh, crypto.com knows times are tough, so they've introduced three different measures to help their community using crypto.com app and credit card. They're waiving the 3.5% credit card fee on all crypto purchases, also offering 10% back when you use their Visa card on food and groceries. And as always, you can buy gift cards on the crypto.com app for merchants like Whole Foods, Safeway, Burger King, and more with 20% back on food and an additional 10% back on groceries. So go ahead and download the crypto.com app today. And then last but certainly not least, there's Kingdom Trust. If you own Bitcoin and have a retirement account, but you don't own Bitcoin, in that account, what exactly are you doing? I've checked out Choice by Kingdom Trust. Encourage you to do the same. You have Bitcoin, stonks, ETFs, gold, more, all in one retirement account. And the first thousand users to open a Choice IRA will receive some free Bitcoin. So join the waiting list at retirewithchoice.com slash Masari. Retire.withchoice.com slash Masari. This podcast is presented by Blockworks Group, one of the top blockchain events and media production companies I've worked with for exclusive content and events that could help you with insight into the crypto and blockchain space. Check them out at blockworksgroup.io and you will not be disappointed. All righty, quick and painless. Thank you for supporting our sponsors and for joining us again. Without further ado, I want to welcome Pascal who I have not spoken with in quite some time. Excited to get back reconnected. Hi, Pascal. How are you? Ryan, I'm great. Thanks. 
It's been too long. It's good to see you again, my friend. Good to see you too. It's been long, indeed. It uh, looks like we're both operating out of dungeons right now. So, uh, so this is this is this is perfect because we're talking about secure storage and we're talking about someone that that really should be in a secure location, uh, based on the, the brand that you're representing. Um, so, uh, so maybe for for starters, Pascal, um, where uh, where are you in the world right now? Are you are you in Europe? Europe. I'm uh, in France, in Paris, uh, at home. This is not the Ledger Dungeon. Uh, this is okay. just just home. Uh, but uh, yeah, so from Paris, recording live. So happy to be here with everyone. Very good. Um, so uh, Pascal, for for those of you that um, that that don't actually know your background, maybe uh, start off just by talking a little bit about um, how you got into crypto. You know, what what led you to that point uh, historically? Because um, I'm not sure how many people know, you know, Ledger was actually venture number two for you in the, in the crypto infrastructure space, um, dating way back to 20, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there when we, we first got to know each other. So can you talk a little bit more about the, um, about the journey and, uh, and, and some of the work that you did with Kaiko and then now Ledger? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I started my career in 2000 with the internet. I did uh, online advertising actually for the first part of my career. Uh, listed a company at the Nasdaq in 2013 called Criteo uh, for around two billion dollars, and uh, from advertising, sort of was you know soul searching for something new, and uh, was working with Index Ventures out of London, uh, uh, doing um, entrepreneur in residence type of stuff with a, with a VC, and you know they kept on talking about Bitcoin, and I didn't really understood much at the time, and met with Vences Cesares from from Zappo who came to uh, Index to present. You know what he was doing with Zappo and what Bitcoin was. I thought that Vences was extremely convincing. I think Vences convinced you know probably uh, a lot of people that joined the industry at the time. That was uh, in 2014, and then I you know I knew that I wanted to do Bitcoin. I just didn't know what it was that I wanted to do really. Uh, and I started a company called Challenger Deep at the time. Uh, and Challenger Deep is this uh, trench that you have. Uh, uh, near the Philippines and it's uh, 12 kilometer uh, deep and uh, it was it's vastly unexplored. And I thought it was, you know, the kind of challenge that was in front of me was Bitcoin, uh, hence the name Challenger Deep, but it's very hard to pronounce and I didn't really have a cool uh, domain name. So we, the product name became Kaiko, kaiko.com. Uh, and we decided mm -hmm. to do uh, market data because market data is, I thought, or data in general uh, is very important for any uh, business uh, that is new business or a new um, world that is being built. And I thought data, data was critically missing. And so Kaiko was designed for this. Uh, it runs still today and it's uh, almost to be on now who's CEO uh, and uh, I'm a uh, board member uh, and Kaiko is doing really well in market data today. But uh, you're right, the second thing that I did was uh, to look for security because I thought data was missing, but security was also critical. Uh, and uh, and you give me more credit than I really have because I sort of joined Bitcoin uh, mid-2014. Uh, and so uh, it was just after Mongox. And I thought, you know, all this is good and well and Bitcoin is amazing. But if you can't secure it, then there is really no point. And then I met with uh, Eric Larchevec, Nicolas Baca, Thomas France, all these guys in Paris. And I was really trying to figure out, you know, the security issue. And they pitched me with a simple idea of using the chip and pin technology, you know, this, the the, pin, the, the chip that we have on, on credit cards 
and say that we would use that to secure uh, crypto secrets and you know your Bitcoin secrets. And I thought it was a brilliant idea because actually chip and pin is a is a great technology, works really well. And I thought that to secure crypto secrets, hardware is probably you know the best thing to do. And they convinced me. And so I was the first investor in Ledger. I sort of led the uh, the seed round. Uh, they were kind enough to to give me a board seat to to go with that investment. And so I was I've been with the Ledger team from you know inception sort of, um, and. Uh, was appointed CEO uh, almost a year ago now, a bit more than a year ago. Excellent. Um, so one of the topics that I wanted to cover is around where the aggregation points are in your mind in crypto infrastructure companies, right? So so exchanges are probably the, the natural uh, top of mind entities that are the onboarding ramp for users and, and, and in many cases, the primary interface for, for new users coming into the, the system. And, you know, they in turn have built uh, their own wallets, their own staking services, you know, a number of other ancillary tools that help keep those users locked in to their ecosystems. But um, there's also this kind of paradoxical saying of, of not your keys, not your crypto within the broader ecosystem. And, and so there is an argument to be made that the wallets and the most secure uh, and usable tools that people could use to actually manage these assets and hold them in self-custody um, should maybe long-term be the aggregation points and, and the platforms you know, upon which you know, many uh, you know, millions and, and, and potentially billions of users could, could actually access crypto services and, um, and, and truly be their own banks. Where... Um, where is the disconnect, and 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 how have you thought about extending from that that uh, hardware wallet start, which is really just about secure self custody, into more of the platform play, um, where you want the your users to be able to self custody a variety of assets, but also also interact with those assets on their own accord, um, without having to uh, necessarily move. Uh, assets to a third-party service that might be specializing in something like staking or, or uh, you know, fr more frictionless exchange. Yeah. So, look, I think it's a great question. I think you know, in your question lies some of the answer uh, that uh, that they will give. Uh, but, uh, but I think you know, for a start, you know, there is a there is. I think there is a big vision that if you think about our digital lives today, you know, we don't own our digital lives. All of our data. Everything that we are digitally is owned by a third party. Uh, and uh, what was fascinating with Bitcoin is, you know, suddenly you could own a, digi a digital token. You know, you could have your private key and suddenly you own something that is unique. And that, that is really a true revolution. That is really something that, you know, when I understood this for the first time, I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. Because if you think about that uh, this way, then you know that in the future, uh, there will be what we call at Ledger, the critical digital assets. Uh, so those digital assets are really critical to you that you would want to possess and not delegate to, to, to a third party. Or actually, you can still delegate to a third party if you want, but now you actually have the option uh, to possess it. Uh, and we believe that's very important. And you know, similarly to to Bitcoin, Bitcoin is value, but you can think about other things for the future, like identity, 
You can think about you know tokenization of uh, luxury objects. I mean, there, there are many things that the industry is already working on that that will be these tokens that represent a digital asset that you want to keep for yourself. And you know, I, I think behind this vision, there is a, a almost like a philosophical question of whether uh, you want to stay in that world where you own nothing and you know you, you delegate ownership to third parties that you don't know, that you don't necessarily trust, such as Facebook, Google, uh, to name a few? Uh, or suddenly now, do you want to own your assets and eventually delegate to the parties that you want to delegate to in a certain shape or form? And so, of course, you know, at, uh, at Ledger, we value uh, the, the, the latter, meaning that we believe that you should own what's important to you and eventually uh, delegate to others what you own. Uh, and so, not your keys, not your crypto today, but tomorrow will be not your keys, not your sort of everything that is your digital life that is uh, that will be increasingly important. I think that that vision for, for for the future, and so our view now is now that you own your keys, you should be able to go through the journey of your crypto or your tokens through your ledger experience, and so therefore, you know, at Ledger now we have uh, started to implement a series of services. So user can actually hold their token and protect their, their crypto with their ledger, but we want to make it very easy to use also for users. So just very recently, we launched like a few uh, staking delegation services. So now for Tezos, we launched Cosmos, I think yesterday, uh, Tron, uh, and then there will be a few others in the future. But suddenly you can do sort of everything from your ledger live, uh, owning you still owning your keys, but then you can delegate uh, your staking, which is a, a very, very uh, smooth uh, user experience. Actually, uh, as a result, we have now close to 100 million Tezos that have been delegated through the Ledger Life platform, which is actually quite a significant number of, uh, of Tezos. So meaning that it's really easy to use and people are actually using it. Uh, and uh, also recently, we've integrated a, a buy feature with Conify as our first partner, uh, which is uh, starting to work really well. And so people now can sort of buy Bitcoin uh, with their credit card or with a wire transfer. But, uh, and so that's not new because you can actually do that uh, anywhere else. But what's new is actually the Bitcoin that you'll be buying through Ledger Live actually end up on your hardware wallet. Uh, and so you have a very seamless user experience where in the end, the coins end up on your hardware wallet and you possess the private key. So you don't have to go through an exchange or through a third party, buy the coin, and then do the difficult thing of transferring the coin back to your hardware wallet to possess your private keys. So this is where we're heading, and you know this is really the beginning. You know I think in in an imminent future, in the next couple of years, a decentralized, a great decentralized value proposition will vastly outperform any centralized value proposition uh, that uh, that is out that are out there in the market. And so probably a few years ago. You know, using Coinbase was the best thing really that you could do uh, when you entered crypto because it was really easy to use. I think in a couple of years, you would, you would want to use some decentralized value proposition such as Ledger and all others that are being built right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, the, the question is always universality of, of coverage um, and you know, when new assets get supported and, and it's probably not even the 80-20 rule now, but more like 99-1 in terms of where user demand is. Um, how do you think about uh, asset support and kind of extending coverage for base layer blockchains? Because ERC-20, you know, that, that's pretty straightforward, right? Anything that's, that's part of a common standard 
you know, if you support the base chain, you can support you know, the, the layer two assets on top of it. Um, but there's two different types of issues. One is just the, the infrastructure issue and the, and the compatibility issue with the hardware wallet. The other is more of a, a kind of front end abstraction. Um, if you are talking about like 721s or ERC20s in terms of how you can actually manage um, those assets and, and, and do so in a little bit more intuitive way, in, in many cases, not even playing with the private key um, or, or needing to access the, the ledger you know, device. But what are the maybe two most important paths for, for growing? One, base layer change. You mentioned Cosmos. You mentioned Tezos and, and some of the other layer ones. And then um, additional layer two assets that might sit on top of them. Yeah. Well, I think this is, uh, again, uh, this is a very critical issue, the one that you're describing now. Uh, and I think it's, again, a testimony to the fact that the industry is really young because we, I just approved yesterday seven more headcounts to actually deal with that problem, uh, to join Ledger sort of ASAP, because it's an ever-growing problem. Uh, you, you have more teams, uh, more assets, more uh, features that comes with, with, with coins now. Before it was just send and receive. Now you have send, receive, staking, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and you have more in the future, like, you know, um, smart contracts uh, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, it's part of our mission to make it secure and easy to use. And so uh, you have now to not just integrate a coin and send receive, but you have to integrate much more uh, in order to make the coin easy to use. And so we, we scaled up the team from like, I don't know, two people that we might have had at the time to almost 16 now. And uh, I'm telling you that we just recruited seven more. So it's just a... Uh, we need to put a lot of energy and a lot of developer time in order to sort of keep up with the pace of the industry. And for mm -hmm. me right now, it's not a, it's, uh, and, and every time we say we support a new coin, it's funny to watch the comments on Twitter because you have the, all the other coins that we don't support. And, you know, the supporters of this coin coming and say, you know, when uh, VeChain or, you know, any any other coin like, like, like that. And so it's sort of a never ending game. And then you have Libra coming and then you have many uh, other coins that are coming. So, you know, for us, it's a, it's a question of one brute force. So having the, the resources necessary internally in order to develop those coins. Two, it's a question of, you know, sort of ranking the coins and, you know, ranking what's the most important in the industry, what we feel is the most important in the industry right now. And we start to have quite a sophisticated way of doing it based on, you know, the demand that we see uh, in Ledger Live, the demand that we see with our customer support, with, uh, you know, what we see in the market, the market cap, etc. We have a a metric system uh, that we uh, that we put in place to to uh, to figure out uh, what is the next coin that we will uh, integrate. Uh, we're also working on the uh, on a third party uh, program. So we we have a few teams now that we're working with that are sort of coding new coins all the way to uh, a ledger live integration. You know, it would be a never ending problem for the industry until the industry probably. Um, uh, sort itself out, meaning that, you know, I, I probably don't believe that there will be 50,000 50, coins in, in, in three years, you know, that would be, you know, like the main projects and then, you know, many, many other coins, but, uh, but you can see that right now the, the world is forming. So, you know, for us, it's not really a question of making too much, uh, choice on this. We want to support 
as much as we can uh, within reason and within our you know the, the, the possibilities that we have, the bandwidth that we have. Uh, but we believe also that in the next two, three, four years, uh, there will be less coins to support. I mean, some some coin projects will not find traction, and others uh, will will grow. So uh, that's that's what we think will happen. But right now, uh, we are working on the problem and uh, and fixing it. So uh, a couple of comments uh, here here in the group chat uh, talking about third party integrations and kind of how you how you think about uh, prioritizing you know plugins versus doing things in house, and um, and and I think it's touching a little bit on, on this issue of, of platform extensibility, um, but beyond just ledgers and in house capacity. So how do you think about um, whether it's third party staking services or or application specific services? Um, or cold exchanging technology, um, whether to insource it or, or rely on either third parties or even open source tools or protocols to um, help with the growth of, of the Ledger communities platform. Yeah, we think, uh, so uh, I will answer that question in a second, but I see in the group chat that I didn't open, sorry. Uh, someone says four minutes ago, funny you're talking about all these things like how staking from Ledger is great. New thing when StakeNet submitted the code to Ledger to do exactly that over a year ago and you still haven't merged their requests. So I'm going to answer that question because actually a lot of, I actually see a lot of that action on Twitter of people pointing the finger and say, oh, I told you to do something a year ago and you guys still haven't done it. So, you know, first of all, it's not because you tell me that I have to do something that I will do it uh, because we have an internal process. We have many things that we need to do. We've I've actually hired, I don't know, 100 engineers uh, in the past 12 months and we're not doing nothing. We're actually working really, really hard. And so if we haven't done that, it's because we were doing other things that we thought were probably more important. Uh, and so, uh, I'm sorry that you delivered the code a year ago, but I don't think that you got any commitment from the ledger side that we will implement it uh, in any shape or form. Uh, and uh, now that being said, you know, I've pinged that GitHub already linked to my team. They're aware, but like I said, we have a prioritization process and this is not in a high priority right now. So we will eventually do it. Uh, and uh, maybe it's gonna stay there for another few months. Uh, and by the way, when we prioritize things, it's also, has to do with uh, not the 10 guys that's gonna tweet me something because that's only 10 people. That's got to do with the thousands of people that are actually doing stuff on the platform. Uh, and so sometimes when we give a low priority to a project it's because we don't see much traction on the platform. And so I sort of resent the, uh, I don't know, this uh, Twitter uh, uh, bully thing where you, know, you have 10 guys on Twitter that tell you to do something and then you, you have to do it. And honestly, it's a fucking pain in my ass because I open my Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, oh, we haven't done this. Oh, these guys are right. And then I check it and there are a hundred requests in our platform for this when there are thousands of tens of thousands for other coins. So, you know, uh, I appreciate the help. I appreciate when people are pushing projects to us. We read everything. We try to do everything, but uh, we, uh, we, we cannot do uh, uh, everything. Um, now, so, when it comes when it comes to your question, and in, in one second, yeah, and I intentionally stayed away from the specifics of the comments and tried to filter it in a way that would be a little bit uh, more abstracted versus get it get into a. a, a no, I know, I know, Ryan, but very singular debate. I know, I know why you wanted to point it out. But this one, I wanted to point out because I I didn't want to reply on Twitter. Yeah. 
I didn't re reply on Twitter because then I, you know, it's a Twitter war and I fucking, <laughs> but here I thought, Hey, why not? Like, you know, because I had that on my chest for quite a while, as you can, as you can feel, yeah. uh, but no, but the, 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 the real answer and the way that we want to take this, but it's hard. It's actually hard to, to do, um, to do decentralized technology that is open is very, very hard, uh, open and secure uh, because, you know, people say, Oh, but everything should be open, etc. And so, uh, but sometimes when you when you are too open, you can sacrifice a little security. And we we've seen that in the market where Trezor has the probably most open model, but yet it's probably not the most secure. And so you know you sacrifice security uh, for for openness. And you know that's okay. Maybe there's a trade-off that you're happy to do. And people should uh, should should think and worry about their security. And maybe the trade-offs that they're uh, that, that, that they can do. And, you know, uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't use Trezor, but I'm just saying that when you use Trezor, you know, you need to understand uh, how it works and, you know, and if it works for you, but you cannot be dogmatic and thinking, oh, because it's all open, then it's great. Um, and so, you know, for us, it's a, it's a question of security and being as open as possible, but within the boundaries of being the most secure or absolutely secure. And so uh, in that regard, we... Uh, you know, we're working really hard to to build as big of a community around us. And uh, back to that TechNet example, you know, if there are third-party developers that feel that it's really hard to work with us, they can send me an email, pascal at ledger.com, uh, P-A-S-C-L at ledger.com, and I will try to, uh, to, to see how we can, you know, sort of fast-track those type of relationships because they're really important to us. We've done a lot recently in order to, to really have third-party developers to integrate more into the platform. And so this is really where I see the future going. Like, you know, it's impossible for Ledger to hire a thousand of developers just to do the coin integration. We'll rely much more on uh, on the community uh, than, than on ourselves. Uh, we will do the security layer always. Uh, the dungeon will review every app that will be posted on Ledger because uh, that's the most important thing that we have to do. But to work with third parties, sure. So Stegnet guys, like send me an email, pascal at ledger.com. We've got Luca, save money this tax season with Luca Tax, the only time tested crypto tax software. They help you calculate cap gains and losses and see the results using three different accounting methods side by side. You only pay if you want to see their detailed reports and submit your tax forms with their software. You can head on over to lucatax.com. That's Luca, L-U-K-K-A tax.com using the promo code sorry tax to save money and do your taxes the right way. We've got Bitstamp as well, the original global cryptocurrency exchange uh, since 2011. Bitstamp's been the preferred exchange for serious traders and investors with over 4 million customers, including top institutions. Uh, their platform is a professional grade engine uh, for traders, uh, NASDAQ matching engine, some of the best APIs in the industry and uh, advanced trade view interface on both web and mobile. Um, you can download Bitstamp's app from the App Store and Google Play or visit bitstamp.net slash pro to start trading today. That's bitstamp.net slash pro. Then there's crypto.com. Uh, crypto.com knows times are tough, so they've introduced three different measures to help their community using crypto.com app and credit card. They're waiving the 3.5% credit card fee on all crypto purchases, also offering 10% back when you use their Visa card on food and groceries. And as always, you can buy gift cards on the crypto.com app for merchants like Whole Foods, Safeway, Burger King, and more with 20% back on food and an additional 10% back on groceries. So go ahead and download the crypto.com app today. 
And then last but certainly not least, there's Kingdom Trust. If you own Bitcoin and have a retirement account, but you don't own Bitcoin in that account, what exactly are you doing? I've checked out Choice by Kingdom Trust. I encourage you to do the same. You have Bitcoin, stocks, ETFs, gold, more, all in one retirement account. And the first thousand users to open a Choice IRA will receive some free Bitcoin. So join the waiting list at retirewithchoice.com slash Masari, retirewithchoice.com slash Masari. What did you think? Uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to dig into it because it just came, came out maybe a week or so ago. Uh, the Coinbase Rosetta um, open source uh, proposal and, and toolkit for actually integrating these blockchains. Is that something that you uh, can build off of to reduce the friction of, of integrating with third-party chains, if not third-party application developers? Um, or how do you see initiatives like that in, in, in terms of relevance? Is that more for exchanges? You know, what, what can be borrowed there or what can be contributed to? So that every single infrastructure company isn't kind of reinventing the wheel and you do get closer to security best practices in an open model versus a walled garden like the Apple iOS model. Yeah. So look, like I said, I mean, I don't have a specific answer to your question on uh, on, on that thing, but we we're not dogmatic at Ledger. We're very pragmatic. So you know, the the only but being pragmatic means also we we care about security. And so, as long as we can guarantee our user security, we're really happy to use um, any kind of technology that can sort of fast track the work that we're trying to do, and that goes into you know the Ledger. Philosophy on doing things. So you know, we're not against using third-party technology. We actually do for uh, quite a bit of our stack. Uh, uh, you know, we will just always control that last layer of of, of security, and because we believe that's the, the most important thing. But now, if we can fast track the coin integration by using third-party technology such as the one that you described, you know, sure, we'll do it every day, uh, as long as uh, we can use it uh, in our technology stack. And you know our technology stack has you know the hardware, the firmware, the software. So there are uh, three layers, uh, and there is Ledger Live, but there is also Ledger Vault, which is uh, for uh, you know the product that the SaaS product that we designed for for enterprise, uh, and that's um, it looks the same, but technically speaking, it's slightly different. Uh, and so uh, you know it's. Technology is just hard, so there's no you know there's no silver bullet to to just uh, like that uh, solve every problem. And actually, it's quite a good thing in a way because it forces you to choose things, uh, not to do everything at the same time. It forces you to focus and to make sure that you can guarantee segregation, security, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so um, we very we we are being very careful about what we do, and so sometimes we can sacrifice. Uh, speed to security, and we'll always sacrifice speed to security. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that's a common refrain within crypto because you're even even if you're not a custodian um, in the sense that you own access to the keys, which is the case for exchanges, um, you're still providing infrastructure where if someone loses their keys. Uh, they're going to be very angry <laughs> at, at the at the hardware or the or, or the the system that. Um, either uh, fail to take the appropriate security um, first mindset or uh, created a, a complex recovery process such that there was some avoidable user error. And um, that to me uh, strikes me as, as one of the greatest challenges maybe 
because you are not an official custodian, but you have this um, massively important support apparatus that needs to be built so that people don't fuck things up themselves, right? Um, and and this this actually applies, you know, this is not just a beginner thing, right? This is this is this applies to me. I'm, I'm going through this right now. You know, I knew that we had this conversation, so I haven't touched a couple of my ledgers that I know that I have to, you know, basically reaccess, you know, reformat and and, and ultimately get. Um, a not insignificant amount of uh, of ETH that was returned via Shapeshift Prism contract when they shut it down kind of late last year, and I just didn't get around to it. And then way back from 2017, because I didn't want to deal with the tax consequences, uh, Bitcoin Cash and the hard fork. And so this morning, I was very easily able to recover the ETH uh, that was in the Shapeshift uh, Prism contract and associated with that wallet. But then I had a sticking point with um, with the Bitcoin Cash issue. And now this is three-year-old hardware, right? It, it hasn't been updated. I see it in my account. I try to press send to, to shoot it over to, uh, you know, another wallet, whether it's Coinbase or whether it's another ledger or whomever. And for whatever reason, I hit send and it doesn't send. So my first reaction is, man, did I just, am, am, am I going to burn these if I if I try to uh, reinstall or kind of re um, reformat and, and upgrade the firmware here in my accident? accidentally going to do something related to a three-year-old issue. Um, that was probably the biggest edge case in the history of crypto. And I have to imagine that that's where the, the lion's share of potential user error kind of catastrophic loss could come from, from your, your users. Um, at the same time, you're not a bank, right? So how do you, how do you balance that very specific and very real problem uh, that I'm sure many, especially of your earlier customers have dealt with, um, and some of which, you know, the solutions are, are just now becoming apparent or, or just, you know, kind of gradually being released over time. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you're describing an, an industry problem. I mean, it's a, and so therefore it's, a, it's also a ledger problem, but it's a, it's a real industry problem. Uh, suddenly you're in charge of your security, but everything relies on 24 words and where do you put those words? And, um, and then you're responsible for your own security. And, uh, and it's really, you know, the parallel with gold is always very good. It's like, you know, if you're responsible for, you know, five kilos of gold at home, you know, suddenly it's a, it's a big responsibility. How do you deal with that? Like, you know, what kind of safe do you put? Like, suddenly you have to, to, to worry about the safe, where you put it, and what kind of code, and, you know, the plausible deniability if someone uh, breaks into your house, you know, how long do they have to torture you until you give the code, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the good thing is with crypto, it will be in the end. Uh, so we're not there yet, but in the end, it will be easier to protect than gold uh, uh, from, a, from a technological standpoint. And we're working really hard at Ledger for, you know, for these problems to, to sort of disappear. So I'm not going to claim it's the case yet because it's not. And, uh, and the, um, uh, the example that, that, you, that you just gave and you know, what you went through, uh, it is worrisome like you know and it's not uh it's not the experience that midterm we want our our users to have and i think we can achieve that without becoming a bank because obviously the uh the easier way would be okay well now trust me with your coins and you know uh, you know you call me if there's a problem you flash your id and then you know i know it's you so i return your coins that probably would be the easy way out but it's not the way that we're looking for we're looking at something that is much more sophisticated where you still be in charge, you still be in control, you have your private keys, but you're right. There are things that we will do. So uh, it will be uh, 
easier to use. Uh, you have even more peace of mind than what you can have today. Uh, but it's not an easy problem to solve. So it's something that will be solved in the course of the next sort of uh, two years. And I think, you know, people often ask, like, you know, what's between, you know, now the next bull run and, 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 and you know, the, you know, everyone has been, I think, you know, uh, this is the main problem that the industry has to solve. And I think Ledger is very well positioned to, to help the industry solve that at the, at the global scale, because we have a global business. We sent uh, our product in more than 165 countries. So, you know, uh, if there is one company in the world right now that can help solve that problem, definitely uh, Ledger is Ledger is one. I'm not saying that we are the only one, but we, we can definitely be one. Uh, and we have certain ideas on how to do this, but now it's, um, you know, I don't want to give any fake news right now, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment furthermore. But, but, but we understand the problem and we are trying to fix it, and we will uh, eventually uh, help with that problem uh, down the road. So people will be as safe with their ledger than they are with with their bank, but still owning their private keys, owning their digital life, because we believe that's the most important thing. Uh, I have a couple of user questions here. So, um, and and a little bit more uh, straightforward, maybe not, uh, maybe not as uh, as spring loaded uh, and, and emotional. But the first one is: Are you planning to support uh, multi-sig setup for regular users? And this goes back to the um, the ease of use, right? It's it's currently possible, but it's not necessarily uh, extremely simple from a non-technical user standpoint, it's it's not you know the, the most intuitive process going through Ledger Live. It it, it, it takes a bit more um, of an advanced uh, user to even understand you know where where to start here. Yeah, hundred percent. So our philosophy is we don't build our products for uh, developers only because um, you know we love developers and we have a, a bunch. Um, at Ledger, and of course, developers can, you know, uh, are very sophisticated in the way that they can handle the product. And so we designed the product for the next bull run and, you know, sort of my mother who who actually bought Bitcoin like a few weeks ago now. So very happy for her. Uh, but there's no way that she can handle uh, a Ledger Nano right now. And but she should uh, at some point. Mm -hmm. And so what we are, what, what the, the, why we're trying to design the product for, for mass adoption. Uh, because otherwise, if we don't design the product for mass adoption, there is no, um, you know, a from a business perspective, the bar the market will be too niche, uh, and two, we you know we don't think will be, uh, you know, the mission of Ledger is to design products that are safe and easy to use, and that's our mission. And you know, the vision is those critical digital assets that will go way beyond Bitcoin. So we think it's a revolution, just not because of Bitcoin and the, and the value of money, just because people need to repossess those critical digital assets. And so that needs to be done at scale for everyone. And so therefore, you know, the mission of security and ease of use is really uh, what's, at, what's at heart for us. So when we think about, you know, sort of multi-sig and integrating new services to make it easy to use and sort of safer, and uh, especially when it comes to, to those uh, very critical uh, security issues, uh, we're thinking of designing it so everyone can use it and not just the, the happy few. Um, this kind of bridges the the two different questions, uh, the that previous one and then the one that I asked about uh, minimizing complexity. Um, have has your team been active in recovery services or 
actually helping early users, early holders uh, of, of Bitcoin with either troubleshooting or, or uh, upgrading their systems. Because, you know, you, you look around at the number of coins that have uh, gone unmoved for many, many years now. And the resting assumption is either that they're lost or they're just kind of super long-term holders and, and speculators that just have them deep in cold storage. And I don't know that anyone has a, a really good grasp I certainly don't, of uh, where the custodial split is between exchanges and their um, various, you know, hot and cold wallets, third-party custodians, you know, bona fide vaults like the old Zappo and, and, and you know, BitGo and other third-party solutions, and then um, self-custody, uh, whether it is in the old Bitcoin wallets or, a, or, or a, an Ethereum paper wallet, or um, a hardware wallet or, or some form factor like, like what you've built. Do you, you have a good sense for um, at least where you believe or where the best guess is um, where all of these different assets are, are currently held um, and, and which systems they're using? You know, it's a, it's a very complex question what you're asking. You know, it's, a, it's a, you know, where, where is the market? How people use their coins? Uh, what do they do with it, et cetera? So, you know, we are... We are trying to understand that every day, just on you know how people do use our products, as an example, because we're very um, we don't we don't take much data from our products. We're very um, uh, worried about our users' privacy. You know, uh, uh, it, it's very important that users feel safe using the Ledger product. We will never take any data without asking per permission first. We will never take any. Uh, personal or sensitive data, uh, and so you know, I think to a certain extent, this is how the uh, uh, how sort of everyone works. Like, there's not much data flowing around, and you know, the reason why you're asking these questions is because no, no one really knows because you know it's um, it's a very secretive market. Number one, and uh, um, and two, you know, with Kaiko in mind, and you know, Kaiko. Uh, gather market data from from exchanges but we don't gather market data from from, from the blockchains because that's yet another, another thing to do and there are some companies doing that but it's very hard to to aggregate all data at scale and try to understand uh, sort of what's going on so n number one number one no one gives the data and number two uh, if you can aggregate all the data it's very hard to extract value and you know with Messari, you guys are very well positioned to to have a, a very clear, a clear, probably a better answer than anyone on the question that you that you just asked. But uh, but I think it's a very very hard uh, question right now. You know, why people why people buy Bitcoin? What do they do with it, etc. And you know, when you refer to people buying and holding for a long time, I don't know what period of time you're referring to. But I've known people. Uh, I've started to know people in uh, late 2013, 2014 in the uh, in the Bitcoin community. And as far as I'm concerned, they're they bought their bitcoins then, and they never touched it uh, since then. So you know, it's uh, you know, people are waiting for the bitcoins to arrive to the moon. I guess. Um, I have a, a one and one a question uh, to to kind of wrap up. So first off, uh, one user question here: Are there any plans currently to use biometrics in ledger devices? No, actually, there is a strong plan not to use biometrics in the ledger products because we've uh, discussed it recently and. Uh, it would be a great question for my CTO uh, or Nicolas Baca, our founder uh, and uh, chief innovation officer. But we don't believe much in. But actually, there are different kind of biometrics. There's a uh, you know biometrics that costs nothing and that 
uh, probably other wallet manufacturers will put on their device and that's easy to cheat and you know easy to you know we believe that the security level is not high enough and then there are you know a uh, higher level of uh, biometrics but then they're really expensive that will make uh, any hardware wallet unaffordable uh, and so therefore uh, it could be cool, but uh, then your hardware wallet, I don't think you'll be happy, too happy with the price just to use the biometrics. And plus, there are other cool stuff that we have in mind that uh, that you can implement in a hardware wallet uh, that is just as cool as biometrics, if not better. You know, we have good ideas for the future that are very, uh, very, very cool. Uh, so I guess last uh, last question that I have uh, a little bit more open ended, give you a chance to shill uh, a bit more. What are what are some of the kind of key uh, releases or, or, or key new features that you'll be working towards and, and shipping between now and the end of the year? Mm, ooh, I don't know what my team will say if I if I tell you those things. Maybe they'd be extremely unhappy with me. Um, or, or, or um, maybe a little bit more uh, broad, high, high level than that. What some of the goals are, uh, or key milestones you're looking to hit by the end of the year. No, but look, I, I will, I will give you, I will give you an answer. It's, it's okay. I can, I can share some secrets. Uh, but uh, you know, so the general idea is, you know, Ledger Live should be your main hub for for your crypto. I mean, you know, right now the experience, uh, even that I had was, you know, I need to buy my crypto on Kraken and you know once I've done that then I you know send my crypto on, on my ledger but then it's a problem because then I need to have level four at Kraken in order to send more than mm. X X amount of money, etc. etc. So the user experience is not you know fantastic because in the end I wanted to have my private keys. Uh, whether I'm ledger steel or not actually I think it's why I want Bitcoins. I want to hold my private keys. Um, and so we're trying to sort of merge that experience into one. So through your ledger live you should be able to Buy, sell, swap, lend, borrow, uh, stake. Just you also of the, of the world. Like we don't want to force you to use just one service. We want to provide you with every service that sort of exists. So you know, right now, typically the buy feature we've, we're doing it with Coinify. We're very happy with Coinify. There's no nothing wrong with them. However, you know there are other providers uh, in the market that probably have other currencies, other uh, other countries that they can serve better, uh, better rates. I don't know. Uh, but so the view is, we will try to give you a very exhaustive experience. Uh, whether you want to buy Bitcoin, swap Bitcoin, etc., and integrate as many uh, partners as possible, and then you, as an end user, you can sort of choose which uh, which partner. Uh, you want to use which is better uh, suited for your needs but this idea that you will be able to connect to, to ledger live and then do your do your full journey through through ledger live with the same level of security uh anything you know whatever you do you always have the same level of security ease of use uh, and the coins will always end uh with you uh the private keys will always end with you is sort of the experience that we're striving for and so you know uh, right now it's cool uh, i think by the end of the year it will be much better and I think uh, same time next year it will be awesome. Uh, I think what we are, what we're building, and you know, we will integrate also uh, uh, DeFi services. So when I say you know buy stakes, you know, swap, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I mean whether it's the services offered by uh, a centralized service 
and or a decentralized service. You know, for us, this is this is how we think. Uh, and so you have uh, centralized value propositions on the swap competing with decentralized value propositions. Uh, and you as an end user, you'll be able to choose. But what's also very cool and, uh, you know, people should remind that is you can use your hardware wallet to connect with your Ledger Live experience. But there's also now a variety of uh, third parties that you can use with your with your hardware wallet. And actually, your Nano S or your Nano X is the best way to connect to most of uh, the DeFi services today. Uh, you know, we have a great uh, integration with Starkware now. We, you've done a great integration with uh, Liquid and the Green Wallet. Uh, and so whether your Ledger Live is your hub and or your hardware wallet is your, is your hub to a few softwares that you want to use with the maximum level of security, you know, we are trying to build the best possible experience for the user, whether they use 100% Ledger products and or any other software that they want to use. So that's uh, what we're trying to deliver to the market. Awesome. Uh, well, you can check out Ledger at ledger.com for the very few people, I believe, in crypto that might not already know uh, about the company and uh, about the, uh, the uh, hardware wallets that you're selling. Um, looking forward to seeing everything that comes out. I am spending a lot more time on DeFi and, uh, and, and experimenting with some of these new applications. And obviously, the lion's share of that is probably going to be managed through a ledger uh, at least the, the settlement. So um, looking forward to uh, hopefully you guys making my life easier. And, uh, and and with any luck, I'll be able to recover all that garbage that I have from 2017, clear that out and convert it into other useful assets. Yeah, we'll try it. But we're, we have a great customer success team. So, you know, uh, uh, and we, we've also recruited a bunch of people there to, to help our, our clients. So, you know, use them if, if there's... Any problem, Pascal at Ledger.com, but, um, but I don't do the customer service myself, but uh, I always like to, to, to know what's going on and I can always try to help a little bit. Perfect. Um, well, Pascal, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to catching up again soon and best of luck with everything the rest of the year. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. All right. This concludes the hopefully last episode of Unqualified Opinions where I am working from a non-desk so that my neck does not break. Um, and I uh, appreciate everybody for tuning back in during this transition. Hope that you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. We'll be back here on Monday. Until then, thanks again. Take care. We'll see you on Twitter.